All right. Uh, welcome to the Ryan O'Toole Podcast. It is Sunday, um, October 1st, about 8.30 p.m. Uh, sad day. Just a sad day in the Boston sports world. The baseball community. Um, really everything. Uh, rest in peace, Tim Wakefield. Uh, brain cancer. Uh, dead at 57. Just sucks. Just totally fucking sucks. Um, of course, the news came out, I don't know, about an hour before the Patriots game today. Uh, damn, dude. Just a, a real kick in the balls, you know? Uh, real kick in the balls. I mean, what is there to say about him that hasn't already been said? Uh, really, anyone who's a fan of the Red Sox or any Boston sports team over the last, I mean, literally more than 25, 30 years pretty much. 30 years he's been either with the Red Sox or on Nesson. Um, you know, just a just a sad one, you know. Not that anyone, you know, deserves to have brain cancer and die, excuse me, but Tim Wakefield where it's like you just the ultimate fucking gentleman, uh, the coolest dude, really like anyone, you know, who, uh, dude, I'm 30 years old. You know, I'm 30 years old. I've uh, been a fan of the Red Sox my entire life, and Tim Wakefield was a part of the entire time. Uh, he was just a part of that thing. So uh, we're going to obviously talk about the Patriots and all that other shit later on, but I just want to remember Tim Wakefield for a little while. You know, uh, one of my all-time favorite Red Sox, um, 2004, 2007, 2003, where uh, he was the best pitcher in the 2003 American League Championship Series. He had two wins in that series. Of course, everyone remembers the Aaron Boone home run. Um, What people forget is he dominated the Yankees in his two starts. Uh, Had to come out of the bullpen in Game 7 because the Sox had nobody left. Uh, Of course, the Aaron Boone home run happens. Um Remembered for that. Just everywhere you go. I mean, I, I watched a bunch of tributes today, uh, a bunch of shit, really just talking about how everyone just said, you know, he was the greatest guy. And he just knew he was, too. He's the ultimate team player, the ultimate Red Sox. Um, just so many memories. And uh, my buddy Matt texted me today, and I feel like a few people have said it, but he texted me today, and we were talking about Wakefield, and he, he said the same thing, which I think I could definitely say, too. He's... Probably the pitcher I seen pitch the most when I went to games as a kid. And I've been to, I don't know, 200 Red Sox games, if I had to guess, like probably in that neighborhood. And I'd say it was mostly Wakefield just because, I mean, he was with the Sox for fucking 17 years. You know what I mean? Um, just a tough one. Just a, you know, just a real sad one, you know, uh. He was just, dude, he was the best. You know, he threw a knuckleball, you know. It's like, he has the old, he had like the coolest story ever, you know. Coolest story ever, a guy who got drafted as a first baseman, you know. He's on the way out, can't really break past double A. Starts throwing a knuckleball, you know, with Pittsburgh. He ends up making the team. Was great in the 92 uh, championship series against Atlanta. It's, of course, the Sid Bream series where they... uh they beat him, the Pirates, in 92, go to the World Series. Uh, 
but he just he became a knuckleball pitcher, you know, and he ended up winning two hundred fucking games, one hundred eighty six with the Red Sox, but two hundred game winner after fucking around with a knuckleball because he couldn't make it as an offensive player. And that says everything you need to know about the guy. He just always found a fucking way, you know. He's the ultimate team player, you know. Um, I mean, what is there not to say about this guy? 2003 is incredible. 2004, you know, 2004 he comes in in the 19-8 and game. He gives up his start. He was supposed to start game four. But the bullpen's getting fucking murdered by the Yankees. Just it just balls landing all over the place, scoring runs like crazy on a Saturday night at Fenway. Goes in there for three innings, gets shelled just to take the fucking brunt of that off the bullpen. Preserves the bullpen going forward. Preserves the bullpen going forward. Which I think of all the things Tim Wakefield did, that speaks to the character who he didn't care that he wasn't going to start. All right, someone needed to fucking step up, <clears throat> go in there and just throw some innings. You know, you got to get shelled for a couple innings, fine. You know, he doesn't do that in 2004. Um, he doesn't, you know, give up his start and goes in there for three innings. They don't win. They don't come back against the Yankees if Tim Wakefield doesn't do that. You know, so a million things that had to happen in that American League Championship Series, especially at the time it was unprecedented. No one ever came back. <clears throat> from three games down. Tim Wakefield doesn't do that. The Red Sox, they don't beat the Yankees. They don't. They probably don't even win game four. But he stepped up. Um, And then he also got the win in game five. I'll never forget him striking out. <coughs> Sorry, my throat here. Striking out Ruben Sierra. I remember in the 13th, striking him out, and then Ortiz came in, hit the single, uh, Damon ends up scoring, uh, just a fucking all-time, all-time Red Sox play. It's just if you grew up in Boston and grew up following the Red Sox, you know, you, uh, you just feel it. You know, Tim Wakefield was just like always there. I mean, he was still on Nesson up until this summer, you know, um, just too bad, you know, Oh four, I got to see him pitch game one, probably the... I can never choose. I was, but it was probably it was definitely at the time the most hyped up I've ever been for any sporting event in my life. I got to go to Game One of the World Series in two thousand four, and of course that way that series finished. The Sox make that incredible comeback um, against the Yankees, and who starting the only pitcher we had who could start Tim fucking Wakefield. You know, not his best night. You know, cold fucking night in October. Cold Saturday night in October when the World Series started on a Saturday. Way better, by the way. Now it's always starting on like a Wednesday. Uh, Tim Wakefield versus Woody Williams. I'll never forget that. Sox won 11 to 9. And uh, just the way he bounced back. You know, I watched an interview of him today. He was talking about 2003. He had that great series and he gave up that home run. Darren Boone. And I mean, that sucked. You know, and in no way was that. Tim Wakefield's faults. You know, the Red Sox, that series doesn't go that far if Tim Wakefield doesn't, you know, pitch the way he did. You know, in no way was it his fault, but I listened to him talk where he said he felt like he was going to be the one that was going to get blamed for it, and he felt like he was going to be remembered by Red Sox fans for giving up that home run. And, um, of course, that wasn't the case. You know, of course, that wasn't the case. He said he went to the writer's dinner that winter, and um, everyone was, you know, happy for him. And, you know, ready for it. And uh, 
I think the one thing I always think about, like the one lasting image I'll always have of Tim Wakefield is uh, when they came back in 04 and they were partying on the field at Yankee Stadium. And it was late. It was well after the fans were out of there. There was barely any media there. It was him and Jason Varitek just drinking beers on the field. And it was in, like, all the championship DVDs. I wanted to try finding the picture today. I couldn't find it anywhere on images. It's like a video. It's on all the Red Sox championship DVDs from that year. But you could tell how much it meant to him to avenge his loss the following season and beat the Yankees, and especially doing it in the Bronx. You know, that was a big thing with that 4 team is they did it in the Bronx, which was way more important than doing it at Fenway. You know, I remember as a kid, you always wondered, like, oh, what would it be like if the Sox did this at Fenway, you know? City would have went crazy, all that stuff. You know, of course. I mean, it probably would have been fucking burning down the city and all that stuff. But to do that in the Bronx where you lost a year before in such a brutal manner, that was where it needed to be done. You had to go back to New York. You had to do it in that fucking stadium. Uh, you just <clears throat> you had to just because of all the pain the Red Sox felt in that organization. You had to do it in front of their fans. And... um that's just a picture I'll always like. I think I'll remember him when I think of Tim Wakefield. Um, just super emotional. They still had a World Series to win. I know he knows that he was probably pitching in a few days, but just drinking beers with Jason Varitek with the championship shirt on, the championship series hat on. Uh, he was the best, you know. He was he was the best. I got to... Uh, I can't remember. I don't think I ever met him personally, but I was. A couple cool things. Just the games I saw him at. I was looking at it. The Doug Marabelli getting flying in, <clears throat> flown in for the private uh, jet game for AK, the Johnny Damon return game, by the way. Johnny Damon's first game at Fenway. Sox traded for Mirabelli early that morning. Got him a private jet and then a police escort from Logan. Um, Wakefield pitched that. Wild game I was at. Just a crazy atmosphere, crazy... Um, like a borderline violent Fenway Park, you know. I was sitting in center fields, you know, like see Johnny Damon. Uh, just a crazy place. But, of course, Wakefield pitched that. He pitched a good game, too. I think it was like six innings, three earned runs, two earned runs. They, I know he had to win that game. Obviously, Saruman 04, but probably the coolest memory I think I have at Fenway Park. 2007. Um Red Sox hadn't won a fucking division in since what ninety five Wakefield's first year there, and uh, they won a game. The Sox won a game that night at Fenway, and I was at I was at it. It was you know around this time. Eh, no, it was, it was probably you know late September. Um, and I remember we we you know it was at the game. With my aunt Debbie, R.I.P. Uh, I know she's up there talking. She. I know that she fucking greeted Tim Wakefield up there. There's no doubt about that. But uh, Sox won the game. And the center field fucking jumbotron at Fenway, they put on a Yankees-Orioles game. And we needed Baltimore to beat the Yanks. And then the Red Sox would officially clinch the division that night. So they put the game on. This is in 2007. Uh Powerhouse Red Sox team, by the way. That 07 team. I feel like people kind of forget how stacked that team was. Of all the baseball teams I've seen in the last 20 years, that team was as good as any of them. That team was loaded in 07. Uh, Wakefield was great that year, too. He had 70, 17 wins. I think he was 40 years old. 
He got hurt in September. He had an outside chance at... If he didn't get hurt, he probably would have won 20, honestly. He should have been an all-star that year. But anyways, they put the game on center field. People just, like, leave in the stadium. But when I go to these games with my aunt, like, we would just, like, hang out in the stadium until they, like, made us leave. You know, we do this shit all the time. But they didn't throw anyone out that night. But a lot of people didn't stay. You know, people were leaving. You know, this is 07. So I remember at the time, the big thing was uh, My Coke Rewards. They were like the codes under the bottle caps. And you could win fucking gift cards online and buy shit. But uh, anyways, we just stayed in Fenway, wandering around. And there's really like no one there. You know, and this Yankees-Orioles game, it runs late. It was like a probably a 12-inning game, 13-inning game. It gets to the point where there's probably only like 200 people at Fenway Park, right? And it's not like this was promoted, like, oh, stay in. It's nothing like that. Like, they just had the game on with sound, and people just wandering around. And I remember just wandering around. I found a cell phone. Uh, I found a Nextel, I remember. Because I was going around picking up bottle caps, and they had the game on. My aunt's just, you know, wandering around Fenway, you know, sitting somewhere else. And anyways, the Orioles end up pulling out this game. It was like a walk-off win in Camden Yards. So everyone starts cheering because it's like the Red Sox officially win the division. And it was late. Like, I remember, I know the T was shut off, which I think the last trains, those last Green Line trains, usually like going in from Kenmore, it was always like, I think, 12.40 a.m. You really couldn't get past, uh, you couldn't get, I guess, go inbound, I guess, uh, past 12.40 a.m. I remember them putting the putting a thing on the side, too, saying, oh, the last train's leaving Kenmore Whatever time it was, you know, it was only 10, 15 minutes and more people were leaving. But we stayed. We're like, fuck it, you know, I'll take a cab home. You know, my aunt was the best like that. Anyways, Sox win the game and all the players just come storming out. And instead of celebrating in the locker room, they uh, they celebrate on the field, you know. They celebrate on the fucking field and just celebrate with the fans. And I just remember Tim Wakefield with a cigar. I was like in right... F- Close to, I'd say like I was like first base. Closer to first base than like right field, easily. And uh, they come flying out of the dugout. And I just remember Tim Wakefield throwing beer. And I remember just getting beer and champagne and shit on my hat. I was like 14. And uh, it was one of the coolest memories I ever had at Fenway, you know. And uh, say Tim Wakefield, everyone says, hey, never heard anything bad about Tim Wakefield. Yeah, well, Tim Wakefield threw a fucking beer at me, okay. That being said, it was one of the coolest things in my life. That's how great that guy was. He threw a fucking bear at me, and it was one of the coolest things in my life. You know, celebratory bear, of course. Um, yeah, so R.I.P. Tim Wakefield. Um, I don't even really want to talk to... Well, what else do we have? He was there until 2011. Kind of sucked the way he went out. I mean, he got the 200 wins, which was big. I remember he got the 200th win, like, one of the only games the Sox won in September of 2011. I uh, got the 200th win, of course, and then, um, you know, it was tough. There. We went out on that last year with Francona. Um, but then he immediately just comes into the booth, and then he just works at Nesson. So Tim Wakefield probably has four World Series rings, two as a player, and then two as a, um, I don't know, a media member. Uh, <clears throat> so RIP Tim Wakefield, uh, one of my all-time favorite athletes and favorite Red Sox players. Uh Number 49, man, you know, just, there was nothing better than just watching a dude throw a knuckleball when it was fucking <laughs> 45 degrees out at Fenway, 
and it was cold, and you know, he was um, he's just the ultimate Red Sox player. You know, that's that's really what I think of Tim Wakefield. I think of him as the ultimate Red Sox. Um, as far as all like the Kurt Schilling stuff and the media stuff that came out um, this week, I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about that. You know, uh, Tim Wakefield, of course, he didn't want. I guess Kurt Schilling put out on his podcast uh, that Tim Wakefield, you know, had serious medical issues on, I don't know, Wednesday or Thursday, and Wakefield and his family didn't want it out there. Uh, I didn't understand. I mean, to be honest, Kurt Schilling probably has, the Kurt Schilling podcast probably has, I don't know, the same amount of listeners as the Ryan O'Toole podcast, okay? Listen, we're a growing operation here, okay? We're, we're a growing operation here. But I, I get it. It was a shitty move on Kurt Schilling, shocker. Um... I just didn't understand what getting blasted all over every blog and putting it in the newspaper. I thought that was just as bad, you know? Everyone always says how Kurt Schilling's such a moron and stuff. Why don't we just ignore him? <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't understand it. I don't think it had to be on the front page of the Globe and the Herald, you know? Um, that's all I'm going to say about that, you know? Not saying it was right by Kurt Schilling, but I just don't understand why all these media people and everyone needed to put... I mean, every blog you could imagine... Um, and I get it, it was a shitty move, but it's like, I kind of feel like it was, uh, I don't know, really blown out of proportion, so, I don't know, uh, it sucks, okay, it was a shitty move by Schilling, but, it's, put it this way, when I think about Tim Wakefield and his life, um, you know, I'm not gonna think about that stuff, I'm gonna think about him coming in, uh, game 304, just, when the team fucking needed him, to sacrifice a start in the playoffs against a team he pitched very well against, you know, just saving them and uh, kind of saving the team in a way, you know. Of course, he wasn't the only one who saved that team, but Tim Wakefield, one of the most valuable pieces of uh, the 2004 Boston Red Sox, 2007 Red Sox. Listen, great player on the field, total uh, shitty loss, so hey. Now then, I could say that anyone else hasn't. Rest in peace, Tim Wakefield. Um, we'll get on with the rest of the podcast in a minute.